Okay. I don't know. You're more professional than I am at this. <laughs> well, they say, um, someone told me once that if you get paid to do something even once that makes you professional at it. So uh, <laughs> I uh, thank my Patreons for making me a professional podcaster. So. Nice. <laughs> well, welcome. It's wonderful to actually see your face uh, semi in person and, and get to talk to you. How are you today? I'm good. It's good to talk to you, too. I feel like... We talk all the time online, but this is new. It is. This is new. And and for those listening, by the way, it's Runa. Hi, I'm <laughs> yeah, Runa. Yeah, it's nice to uh, it uh, let everyone know who it is that we're talking about. So uh, we're talking to, I should say. Um, so real quick, though, just give everyone a, a little bit of uh, info and history about who you are and where you're from, and, and then we can talk about fun stuff. Okay. Um, my name is Runa. I am from here. Well, I guess technically I'm from New York, but I was born there and then we moved to Atlanta when I was one. So I claim Atlanta, not New York. Um, (laughs) But my family is actually from India on both sides. And my father came here in the 70s um, and he came as a student but he'll tell you he came for disco. <laughs> <laughs> and not the Star Trek show, the music phenomena. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the music phenomena. Um, and, you know, I grew up here and then I left for a while when I was older to go to graduate school. I went to, I guess for my bachelor's, I went to the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. which is down the road. And then I went to the University of South Carolina for my master's and PhD in school psychology. Oh, wow. So now I'm a real school psychologist. I was going to say, it's <laughs> Dr. Runa. Welcome to the show. It, it is. <laughs> That's awesome. But, you know, I only make the difficult people call me that. So... <laughs> It's like it's like you if you if you're too if you're too much of a trouble you're gonna have to you have to be so formal. Exactly, and then sometimes it's great when I need like records and they're ignoring the records people. I call up and I use my title and wow, all of a sudden stuff gets here. done. <laughs> yes, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? It is. So it um, is. that's a lot of schooling. Yeah, I mean, I was in school till I was. Almost 28. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, I guess a major part of my life is that I have a physical disability. Mm-hmm. I have a cerebral palsy, and it's different for everybody. It's a neuromuscular disorder that can affect your movement in different ways. And for me, it's my left side. Mm-hmm. I say it's here for decoration. <laughs> um, and so when I was... Growing up, I really felt like I needed people to hear me, mm-hmm. and I and I knew that I could do it, and I needed something stable. So I felt like if I got the highest degree I could, that people couldn't like push me aside. Uh, you would make it impossible for people to ignore you. Thank hey, you so much. Listen, that's the way. That's the way you should do it. I mean. Um, you know, uh, to some effect, you know, I have my own physical disability with my eye and it's kind of the same thing, you know, um, uh, you have to let the world know that you won't be disregarded regardless, right? right? You know, so, well, that's just fantastic because, um, I mean, it's not easy to earn your doctorate, uh, in any subject. I have a friend who has a doctorate in percussion, which is not a very common thing. Um, no, but you know it. Uh, it it matters not. It's um, it's an accomplishment for the ages. That's for sure. And it sounds though like you enjoy what you're doing, and that's the most important thing. I do. Um, it's never boring. Um, so I have an elementary and a middle school, and I've done every level, including college, except for high school, and I've done preschool, which. Preschool is fun. You say things you never think you're going to say, and you're a parent, so you probably know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember turning around and saying, don't put the baby in the microwave. Like, 
Where do you get to say that sentence? <laughs> you can't put the baby in the microwave. That's um, that's good advice. I'm glad you're on yeah. top of that. Um, sounds like you're shaping the the youth of America in the right direction. Well, the um, answer of the four year old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The answer to that was, but the baby is cold. You know, a four year old. <laughs> oh, of course. You know, stuff in the microwave comes out hot. You just warm the baby up. No big deal. Uh, it was a know, baby doll, so it was okay. Oh, well, that's, that is good. I was ex- I, that's what I expected. I anticipated it wasn't another child <laughs> at the daycare. That would have been um, that would have been an entirely different story. Uh, but yeah. you know, if you've seen Gremlins, you know that you shouldn't put things in the microwave. It didn't go well for the Gremlins. Nope. <laughs> but uh, well, you have recently just finished watching The Next Generation. So before we talk about that. What all of Trek have you seen? So I've seen, so I started with Discovery. Okay. So you guys know Allison. She's my best yep. friend, Allie oh, Hootrek. Hey. Hi, Allie Hootrek. Yes. <laughs> and she, um, she'd been tr- trying to get me to watch Star Trek for, I don't know, three or four years. And I get into this rut where I only want to start big things when I have the summer. Or mm-hmm. like a big vacation, because I get like obsessive about it, and then I have to watch it all the way through, and that doesn't jive so well with work. So I kept telling her, "I'll watch it. I'll watch it." So then I tried to start with Enterprise, because chronologically that was that used to be first, right. I guess, um, and, and it wasn't quite jiving. So then I tried TNG, and that was better. And then she was like, why don't you just start Discovery? It's newer. You don't really have to know much to start it. You know, start with that. So I did, and it was easier to get into at first. Um, And now I think I actually like TNG better. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that happens. Yeah, so I've watched Discovery and TNG fully. And I've watched the TNG movies and Picard season one. Wow, you got caught up uh, pretty quick too. You were keeping me up to date uh, through chat as to kind of where you were. Um, so yeah. you've seen uh, you've seen a little bit of Enterprise, uh, all of Discovery so far, TNG and Picard. Is that kind yes. of the movies that covers it? Okay. So well, and technically, I started DS Nine the first episode. Okay. A couple okay. days ago. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Well, you know. Um, there isn't anything I can say about DS9 that someone else hasn't already said to you, probably, uh, other than right. to just uh, validate all the nice things they said about it. If they said bad yeah. things about it, that, those weren't true. You don't listen to them. <laughs> um, and, and up to and including that uh, Emissary is a weak pilot, because it is not. Um, a lot of people no, say I didn't it's the think weakest it was... pilot, but it's not. I didn't think it was a weak pilot at all. I think... Um, it set up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the, I guess it was the prophets. Yeah. They were kind of strange, but I think they were meant to be kind of ambiguous. Oh, yeah. So I You'll didn't think more. it was. <laughs> You'll learn more along the way. And I would say avoid spoilers, but it's impossible these days, uh, especially with 30-odd-year-old shows as we go on to to protect too much. But um, uh, I'm sure that that won't discolor the journey for you at all. It's um, You've got a lot of fun ahead of you, a lot of, a lot of worry, a lot of strife. Yeah, in general, if it's something I can sort of see as might be a spoiler, I just scroll past it keep scrolling just keep scrolling i don't know what. yeah but you can't get mad about shows that have been out like you said right you know but um so let's uh with the next generation um what did you think about the early like season one season two area of the show you know i was looking back at those episodes and season one was was harder um but season two actually had some great ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It had like Measure of a Man, mm-hmm. and it had the one where, um, I think it had the one where Riker was on the Klingon ship I think and it like is, took it yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, it had Pulaski, which mm-hmm. was neat. So I actually liked season two, and I didn't expect to based on what all these people had told me. Right. Um, 
And my theory on that is too is that a lot of um, you know a lot of our seasoned fans, our opinions are covered are colored through more Mandela effect than memory. And you know, I was thirteen when season two of Star Trek: The Next Generation was on the air, and I watched it. And what I perceived when I was thirteen is entirely different than what I perceived when I watched it as an adult. Um, for the, yeah. for the whole season, right? And um, one, I did not like Pulaski then because, of, and almost everyone from that time is like she was mean to Data. But I went back, you know, going back and watching it, I realized that one, she's a really strong character, and two, she's not being mean to Data; she's challenging him to test whether or not, you know, she's been told he's a sentient android and this wonderkind, and okay, well, is he? And is he willing to stand up for himself? Is he willing, willing to assert himself? And he did. And I think that was just the test she had for him more than it was her being dismissive of him. And I agree. I just think she could have softened it a bit. A little, yeah. Yeah, but I agree with your assessment of it. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, that, that uh, you know, some of that was... Um, just trying to establish uh, her as a character, uh, you know, Dr. Pulaski as a character, and and draw that stark line between her and Crusher. You know, she's she's more Bones and uh, McCoy than than Crusher ever will be, and um, yeah. you know, and then and then going on, you know, she ends up uh, in uh, Elementary Dear Data uh, and uh, gives us Moriarty. So a lot of good came out of. Uh, Catherine Pulaski. And Moriarty was a great character. Um, yeah, yeah. Both times he appeared, mm-hmm. he was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, the the second was a little bittersweet, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy. I enjoyed that story a lot. And the Countess Bartholomew, she's yeah, she's one of my. She characters. was great, and she really. <clears throat> I was trying to decide during that episode if I thought they matched, mm-hmm. and they do intellectually. Yeah. Um, she was just a but, little taken of him in a in a romantic way without yeah. wanting to see that he was really kind of evil. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if we had gotten a little bit more of them, it would have been cool. But we well, got these days, we got. you know, if if um, if if that story was around in in this era of Trek, we'd all be clamoring for a short Trek of of the Doctor and the Countess on an adventure in the Hollow Cube, um, and that. That concept of the Hollow Cube, now that you've now that you've seen all the way to the end of Picard season one, comes back in a, a kind of a way with with Data's single positron of consci- consciousness. Um, yeah, you know the seed for that as a as a as a, a possibility was laid in that episode. Um, you know, ship in a bottle, uh, which you know, one of the good ones. Too. You know, I didn't connect the two, but but you're right. That makes sense. Yeah, well, and I've thought about, and I probably had just watched Ship in a Bottle before having seen that episode of Picard too. But, um, but yeah, it, it the concept of <laughs> the holodeck is so inconsistent. Um, does it create matter, or does it have to stay on the holodeck? Uh, are they sentient, or aren't they? Um, you know, and it, the answer is whatever the plot needs them to be is <laughs> the right answer. Uh, but uh, it was, I always thought it was, um, you know, basically Dr. or is it, uh, is it Pulaski or Geordi that tells the computer to create an adversary capable of defeating data and you get a sentient hologram. I think it's Geordi. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a sentient hologram. (laughs) It's like, well, maybe we need to refine the programming parameters of the holodeck. Um, Maybe we need to watch what we say. Exactly. Well, you know, uh, rogue computers are the forte of Trek sometimes. Um, right. But out of all of that, what um, I know it's going to be hard, but since it's so fresh in your memory, what out of the seven seasons, did you have a favorite season overall? I don't know that I had a favorite season. Maybe six. Yeah, six was six really, is really strong. Um. I had favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, Do you have, I loved what's, all what's the Borg. Like standout? All the Borg episodes. Okay. What all the Borg out? episodes. Definitely all the Q episodes, but especially Tapestry was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Inner Light was really good. Um, Measure of Man was really good. Yeah. 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 Uh, so with um, 
oh, what was it? Oh, Q with Q and Tapestry. Uh, you know, early Q is almost he's evilly mischievous, right? He's 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 not the scamp that he kind of turns into. Um, he's he is malign in a lot of ways uh, in the first couple of uh, meetings with him. But by the time we get to Tapestry, he's more of, of the devil on Jean-Luc's shoulder than, and a foil than he is an enemy and a, and a menace. Um, and I like yeah. that version of Q better. I do too. And he kind of reverts at the very end a little mm-hmm. bit. A little. But you get, you get the impression that it's the continuum affecting him and not him by himself. Right. You know? Yeah. And I yeah. like that. I like that interpretation. And two, you know, in all good things, they had to remind you of the cue we met in right. Encounter at Farpoint, um, you know, and, and shake that shake that uh, buddy that we've come to know and be reminded that, you know, the trial never ended, um, right. which I I don't know how much TV you've seen, but all good things stands as one of the greatest series finales of all time. Uh, it is. Show, it was really genre. good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe MASH. MASH. MASH was probably more universally recognized as great. Uh, but if, if you're inside track, man, it's the, <laughs> all good well, things. Well, and the Borg two-parter, the, the one where Picard became Lacutus. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah. And I, t- I tell everyone who, who didn't have the chance to be there live uh, when, it, when you had to wait the entire summer, for the cliffhanger, yeah, it was torture. It was awful. It it was like it was one of the. I mean, I don't know how long the group. You know, it was a group of me and friends uh, in high school. And I don't know how long we all sat there staring at the TV with our jaws on the floor. <laughs> you know. Well, and a friend told me that that could have been it because they were all in negotiations. Yep, yep. There was no guarantee <laughs> that it was coming back. And uh, what was interesting is the the writer. Um, and I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't remember who it was, but the writer wasn't sure he was coming back and he just, he was like, <laughs> and then they brought him back and he was like, huh, <laughs> you know, um, you just, you, when you're the, you're like, I'm going to write someone into a corner and it ends up being yourself. Um, but yeah, those are, that's it, mm, the best of both worlds is just, it, it's hard to say, state how much it changed TV. Uh, by itself yeah. with the cliffhanger idea and um, you know this loose continuity season to season um, those are all new concepts and you know no surprise that Stre- that Trek is the one bringing all new concepts to the way TV is done but um, well and honestly I had trouble with that the first two seasons mm-hmm. like not much of what I watch other than maybe Doctor Who although I don't know if that qualifies anymore is episodic right right everything has a story arc so i would have these questions i don't know if you remember these tweets but like are they not going to tell anybody this what happens to these space bugs who take over you know nope nope yep nope conspiracy was one and done although it was like they're setting up something huge are they still there who knows yeah so i i struggled with that at first but Eventually, it just became so consistently good that I didn't really care anymore. Right, and and two, if you if you have a condensed watch of of the next generation, there is a lot more. It's not like it's not serial continuity like we've become familiar with with uh, Discovery and and more modern storytelling on television, but it is. You know, there are callbacks, I guess they would they would call them these days, yeah. callbacks to previous episodes. You know, we see the flute more than once. Um, there is actual character growth and progression between, uh, you know, Picard and Data. A lot of folks want to say, you know, by the end of, of Picard, the TV show, that um, they never really thought of, of Data and Picard as friends, and this seems all of a sudden. But if you go back and you watch, they build a relationship, a respect, and a friendship over... The time, and by the time we get to Nemesis, um, you know, when Data sacrifices himself, it actually means something. Um, now, you can have your opinions about that movie overall. It's, I actually enjoy it, but um, it's my but, it's my second favorite of the four. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. No, that's not a that's not a common opinion. I appreciate that. Uh, I have what was gathered. The, what was top top one? What was number one? First, First contact. contact. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's that is um, 
man, it's hard to dislike anything about First Contact. Every time I watch it, yeah. I find something more to enjoy. And uh, um, it's one of the, uh, I have, <clears throat> you know, when I worked in the uh, movie theaters for a while, I still have some of those posters. Um, the teaser for First Contact is one of those posters. And then a nice. six foot by four foot version of it <laughs> that's up in the attic. Um, Sunday will be hanging somewhere where a lot of people can see it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that is one of my probably, I mean, it stays in the top three easily. It's, easily. it's really good. I, I was, I sat down to watch it. It was later that night and I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch like half and then I'll finish the, no, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. it gets you. It gets you. Um, so but I what, think you're uh, right that because I watched it so condensed, mm-hmm. I watched all of TNG, including the movies in like, I don't know, three or four months. Right. And so I did see progression between Picard and Data. Mm-hmm. I mean, Picard was the one who argued for his sentience in yep. Measure of Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and really talked him through a lot of things like in Lull. He did talk to him some, and oh, that one so, is I always mean, a kicker too. Yeah, uh, yeah, the child. Yeah. No, that's not the child. That was the one with the Deanna. The, the child is the one with Troy, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the opener to season two. This is the offspring. Um, yeah, because you know, check uh, Trek episode titles are so meaningful sometimes. <laughs> we have emissary and the emissary. Um, on two different shows, so you know which one is which. I think um, the emissary is actually a show title for the Next Generation, whereas emissary is the show title for the pilot to DS Nine. But I never keep yeah. it straight. Um, <laughs> did you have an overall favorite episode? I would be real hard pressed to name one myself, but I mean, if I had to pick, it would be um, the Picard Borg two parter, yeah. the end of season three. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that sets a lot of stuff that we're still seeing pay off, um, and so it is hard to discount uh, how great that that episode and those two parters are. Um, I think, and honestly, um, I really liked Sarek. Sarek. Yeah, yeah, um, those when really uh, we see Sarek twice, and yeah. uh, those are really good. And what <clears throat> what gets me with that is you know. We see a little bit, uh, well, you, you're not there yet, but we see a little bit of uh, reconciliation of Sarek and Spock in Star Trek III, um, at the, or, yeah, at the end of Star Trek III. Uh, but we don't get a lot of that, um, you know, they don't have a real reconciliation between the two of them directly until Picard shares the mind meld from Sarek to Spock. And... Wow. Him, yeah, him being that conduit between that, you know, the closure and then that relationship um, is is beautiful, but also reminds you of the tragedy of Spock and Sarek's relationship. You know, um, it's always that's just always one of the big gut punches, and uh, you know, I think they they loved each other. Sarek loved his son. He just never really found a way to tell him. You know, but I also think it it. It is comparable to a, a lot of what people feel about their own parent mm-hmm. uh, relationships there and maybe their relationships with their children. Sometimes, sometimes it's not what you want it to be. And you think you have time or other ways to do things and you might not. Yep. And even when you're long lived uh, as uh, Vulcans are, when it comes to, you know, a couple of centuries, it shows that, yeah. uh, you know, relationships, even even parent-child relationships are difficult to maintain. Um, and I think about that sometimes, too, because, you know, um, people are, they will struggle longer to maintain a toxic relationship with a, bro- a blood relation, I think. Right. Um, forgetting that... Um, that they're also, you know, you you yourself are a person and they are also people and you're not required to get along with them just because maybe they gave birth to you. You know, that doesn't that I mean, yes, you should love your mother if you can, but that also doesn't mean by default you have to tolerate toxic people. And if, you know, I absolutely being agree. Toxic, you know, 
Yeah. Let them understand that they will need to find a way to communicate with you if they want to be in your life. They don't just get to do that by default. Um, yeah, I definitely think boundaries are important. And like you said, each individual, each individual should set that for themselves. You know, I think sometimes like um, whether or not we're getting along, I'm like, would I be friends with my parents if they weren't my parents? <laughs> you know, um, are they people that I would want to be with? on you know any regular basis and sometimes you know that change that answer changes day to day um just because you know people get on your nerves right <laughs> you know um right. but yeah it's uh i think a lot of people hurt ends up causing themselves more trauma uh by trying to you know keep keep up a relationship even even with a parent that um you know it's okay to take a break and yeah. it's okay to have some distance um, you know, uh, I, I get to where I miss my mom, so I will call her and talk to her. Um, not that she's toxic. It's just that, uh, sometimes it's, you know, I want to say something for five minutes and she wants to talk for two hours. <laughs> so what did you eat today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Well, she like, no. I hear the say, I hear the stories. I get all the stories about that. You remember so-and-so from when it was, yeah. and I'm like, ah, nope. I don't even yep. remember the people I went to high school with, Mom. Definitely don't remember my babysitter from when I was four. <laughs> we, um, so I grew up with, a lot of my relatives are not here. They're in mm -hmm. New York and India. So my parents grew up with this community of best friends. And they all had kids when my brother was born. He's six years younger than me. Um, so I was everybody's big sister. Oh, yeah. And... So all of their parents and their family, I'm close to it. I, when I used to not live here, I would come see their parents because I felt like they were my relatives who oh, watched yeah. me grow up. But all the friends my mom made when I was in college, even though I'm back, I'm still not very connected to them right. because I was grown and I had left by the time they became important. So... I'm nice to them, but, you know, it's just the connection is not there. It's not the same. And, you know, there's a, um, that's another bit about, I think, what what Star Trek has provided in this particular day and age with, with the way that we have platforms like uh, Twitter for growing and meeting community. Um, and even, you know, Facebook, I'm sure still, I haven't been on Facebook in years, but um, you know, I hear I hear things from over there that there's that there's Star Trek groups and stuff, um, but the uh, concept, the idea, the reality that you and I know of of a found family in this shared fandom, um, you know, that uh, just kind of reinforces what you were saying is that you know you weren't there uh, when these people kind of came along and became important, um, and but you know you're getting to know them and you'll you'll eventually you know they'll be a bigger part of that as the years go on but it's something special with trek that like it's almost instantaneous in a lot of ways yeah. with the right you know with the with the right mindset of people um they're, they're always going to be the ones who want to sour the sour the bunch but um for the most yeah. part we seem to all be able to ha have found ourselves with with each other and that you know i really appreciate that and I think we really needed that, especially with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think all of us were so isolated because we had to be. And I think having a way to express things. Um, some friends and I, like not with Star Trek, but we did watches together, like rewatches of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just another way to connect. Um, and I think Star Trek does that very easily because there's so much of it that people can be like, hey, I really like, you know, TNG. I really want to watch this episode, right? you know, and I really want to talk about it. And somebody else will be like, oh, yeah, well, let me watch with you. That yeah. actually happened to me a couple of times, which was great. Oh, they'll just uh, they'll just queue it up and, and watch along and then you can yeah. tweet at each other about it. Yeah, that's um, and, and you're right, though. Uh, the pandemic was one thing, but I, I thinking about that, uh, thinking back, you know, I started, this all started just at the right time. 
you know, yeah. started making connections in the you know middle of 2019. And by the time we needed it, we all had this little, we all had this little growth built. Um, and then so many people have come since so many wonderful new friends. And what's, what's amazing to me are how many, uh, people of, of my generation, of our generation that are just, are new to Trek, right? It's, yeah. um, it's, it's surprising to me. Uh, but I, you know, it's, it's just, maybe it hasn't always been a part of other people's lives. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, for me, like, I explain this to people a lot. Growing up in an Indian household, mm -hmm. all our stuff was cultural. Right. So our parents were less likely to watch Trek or listen to certain things. And so when we saw or watched things, it was as we got older and someone told us about it. Right. It wasn't necessarily something that would be on, you know? Right. Uh, and it's and all I a matter of how and how and when you get exposed, you know. Some of that, some of the timing is all about it too, you know. Yeah. 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 I worked so I'm a school psychologist now, but my first job was in a bookstore called the Book Nook, and um, it was a it was a used bookstore, but it also traded CDs and comics and cassette tapes awesome. and videotapes. Um, and tapes, dear listeners, are things that, that, that used to run on these reels with a thin strip of something between them, and it, it, and it made video and music. And when, when they got stuck, you used to have to take a pencil and try to save them. And try to save and them, I, that's right. There's, there's a, yes. There is a connection between pencils and cassette tapes. Yes, and we also taped songs off the radio. Don't off ask us about <laughs> Don't ask you how. High-speed dubbing. But, but so... I was probably always a, a, a sci-fi geek and a fantasy geek because that's most of what I read. Right. Um, but when I worked at the Book Nook, I had more access to things. And between undergrad and grad school, there was a period where I was just working and trying to get trying to build up my resume. And so I was handed Buffy because I was bored and needed something to watch which is great. And then um, I finished that and was clamoring for something else. Finished Angel and I'd already watched Firefly. And then I was handed uh, Babylon 5. Okay. And I know you've had trouble with that. Yeah. But my rule was, if I'm going to give you this for free to watch, to rent, then you're going to watch the whole first season. <laughs> and so I had to promise that. Um, <laughs> and so then, then I watched that. And then I watched Battlestar Galactica season one, because that had just ended. Mm -hmm. And I got that for my birthday. And so I started season two with everybody else. Oh, nice. And, you like you Battlestar know, Galactica? I do. I'm yeah, a big fan. It's one of my favorites, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, frequent listeners have heard the four pillars of Star Franchise, and it's Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, and uh, Stargate. And of those yeah. four, I can I am no longer capable of objectivity. Um, you know, they're just they're too important and too. I you know I'll fight you about all of them. <laughs> I'm a Stargate fan too. I mean, I'm not. I, I am a Star Wars fan, but it's not as important to me as the other three. You know, if I had to rank, if I had to rank it in the grouping, Star Wars would be uh, probably closer to the to the low end. Yeah, um, you know, it just it, it's important to me for different reasons um, yeah. than the others are, which is interesting to say. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it you know, it's it's there for a whole other set of reasons than. Trek, you know, and, and Battlestar and Stargate especially are there for more recent modern reasons, you know, adult, uh, yeah. uh, you know, philosophical and, and self-exploration reasons, whereas Trek and Star Wars, well, Trek, you know, a lot of that, but, you know, the thing that Trek and Star Wars share is that nostalgia uh, from, from just being a kid. Yeah. Well, I would say Doctor Who is like that, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, well, I but, can't be objective about it either, but it's not got Star in the name, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's true um and i came doctor who late i came with i think i started with the ninth 
Oh, okay. So but, you you came in with uh, the re well, the, not a, I hate to call it a reboot. With Modern Who, yeah. Yeah, with Modern Who, yeah, with uh, Eccleston, who um, it's sadly that he only got the one season. I know there's a lot of behind the scenes reasons, but uh, he uh, one more season would have been nice at least. Uh, well, and I saw him. We saw him recently at Dragon Con, uh-huh. and he was very candid about his experiences and exactly what happened and. He said unequivocally that he would not be back right. on television. He's going to do some big finish mm-hmm. um, and some things like that. But And he's open to the fandom more than he used to be. But he will not return to television in that wow. role. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. And, um, you know, that uh, then there's there's a couple of doctors in the history that, that, you know, seem to have a sour turn at it. And. You know, we as fans, um, I'm thankful to have had him as a doctor. Uh, because I am too. That first season was a great way to bring folks back in and get Doctor Who off the ground again. Um, I mean, literally hit the ground running, if I recall the first episode correctly. Um, yeah. And uh, I was so excited because um, I had, that was, you know, cutting my teeth on Star Trek and Doctor Who, I couldn't tell you which one came first and or how long <laughs> they've been around. Um, right. Because they were, I mean, they're just right there neck and neck. And um, I do remember that the, the first Doctor that I that I saw regularly was Tom Baker, so Doctor Fourth. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And I watched up through, um, oh gosh, it would have been the seventh Doctor, and of course then the eighth Doctor, just Paul McGann had the movie. Um, yeah, and uh, he got that. Uh, he got a real nice coda, though, when it came to um, that uh, that episode where it tied him into the War Doctor. Yes, uh, that, was, that great. was really great. Yeah, yeah, uh, day day of the Doctor. Yeah, yep, and that was it. And and even I think it was only about fifteen minutes or something. It wasn't very long, but what they did with it was just incredible. Um, I kind of wish we got more of him. It would have been mm-hmm. cool. Well, you know, and he had just he had the misfortune of being in the one-off, uh, kind of like yeah. George Lazenby in in uh, you know Double O Seven. You're the one. You're the one guy. Um, but th- to have them bring him back into that to to be the connection to that story um, and fill that gap, uh, and then what impressed me was the sense of his time as the Doctor. Like we have no well, other than I'm sure there's I'm sure there's uh, uh, you know books. books and everything out there that fill the yeah. gaps. But um, as far as you know the, the visual canon for for folks like myself, I don't read a lot of the the series books and things. You know, you can tell things happened to this man in that time that I didn't see him, that we didn't see him, and that is that's impressive to to be able to bring well, that into fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and I think. Someday, someone smart about that stuff needs to make a cartoon version. Oh, Runa, there are so many things that I believe would make fantastic animation um, carry-ons, like uh, Enterprise Season 5 as a 10-episode or, you know, 15-episode animated run. So it is Enterprise only four? Enterprise is four only seasons? four seasons. Yeah, it's one of the sore spots with with those of us who were watching at the time. It, um, as we like to say, it just it just grew its beard. It just got to season three of, of, of the next generation, you know, and season four is a completely different uh, vibe and storytelling style. And they were wow. they were landing beats and landing. And they started doing um, so season. Season three is an entire arc, the Zindi arc. Um, and that, it just was like, ugh. It was so, but it, I mean, because now you're like, oh yeah, season arcs, that's a thing. Enterprise had 26 seasons a year. <laughs> a season long arc at 26 episodes is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, and so what they did in season four was they broke it into three episode little mini serials. Uh, That's like great. Who, you know, you'd get, yeah. you'd, uh, you know, you had three episodes that tied really tightly together and then loosely built in the overall uh, what was going on in the background. And then it all comes together um, in Terra Prime, which is the uh, Dan's canonically acknowledged last episode of Enterprise. Um, These are the voyages. It's a nice piece of apocrypha that you can watch at your leisure. 
Not to not to color your take on the ending of Enterprise when you get there. No, and I think it's, you know, judging, I mean, I'll probably get there in like, I don't know, a year. Yeah. You you should, you need a watch buddy. I think someone, um, someone who's been down that long road uh, and uh, can can guide you through the difficult episodes, Um, you know, and and every Trek is problematic at some point uh, along the way. Well, isn't that every show? Every show, yeah, but we, I think, um, I think we forget that we hold Trek to almost an impossibly high standard um, because we tend to only remember everything that was great and wonderful and good uh, and that they got right. Um, and then, uh, oh, hey, <laughs> uh, episode three of the next generation, uh, let's put the brakes on that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, and, and I reckon, you know, I don't tell anyone to skip an episode. You know, I just let them know the context of it. You know, hey, yeah, you should watch Code of Honor if this is your first time through Trek. And then you can decide if you watch it again. I choose not to because there's no there's nothing gained for me from it. Right. Um, Yeah. And uh, it's kind of the same. Like I'll watch the up the long ladder, although it's incredibly offensive. It's the one where they find the colony of Irish. And they basically, oh. like, Dr. Pulaski literally says the word breeding stock. Yeah. 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 Not good, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I was, though, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, no, it's so unethical. <laughs> yeah. And it was so, you know, so many stereotypes with the, uh, the, the drunken, you know, patriarch and all of that. I was just like, come on, guys. Uh, but I won't tell anyone not to watch it. Just... Know what you're watching. Well, one thing I started doing was there are a few people that I will, you know, that follow my progress. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, this one coming up. And I'll be like, oh, so that's the one I can do other things to, like (laughs) clean the house while while it's on. on. You're not going to miss much. I am. And, you know, that was one of the things you mentioned that, though. And I very much tried uh, or try not to influence too much, like get you hyped yeah. for an episode or tell you it's going to be a bad one. Um, because that's your experience to have, not mine. You know, what I saw in it 20 years ago or what I might have seen last week when I rewatched it, um, those two things are going to get conflated. And it's not for me to tell you what your opinion is on, on this or that episode. Well, actually, I don't, I don't mind because I'm pretty heavily opinionated myself. <laughs> um, so I mean I'm gonna get out of it what I'm gonna get. That's um, and um what's been interesting is so I've watched all the other stars, as you say, mm-hmm. and I've watched Doctor Who and I've watched a fair bit other sci-fi, and it's almost like Trek was my holdout to the last great series, great yeah. you know, legendary series <laughs> I had to watch. So now I have all these other references in my head and I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. That's where it comes from. That's why that was funny on that show. And that's the thing. Trek is pervasive in our culture. And I don't think that, um, uh, you know, a lot of folks realize how heavily influenced their lives have been um, by Star Trek and because of that. But uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, what what uh, what what other sci fi is big to you? Well, I mean, you mentioned all of the big ones, but like some of my other f- favorites are Fringe. Mm-hmm. Fringe is really good. Oh yeah, it's not yeah, as yeah. it's not as um. Well, it's not space sci-fi. It's Farscape was sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Farscape was good. I watched that in 2019. Nice. Um, one summer when um, this was sad. My friend passed away from cancer. Oh. And it was a heavy loss. And, you know, everybody else was working. Well, most people were working. And I was out for summer vacation. And a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you watch Farscape? It's finally on Prime. And it had been on my list forever. And it just seemed really kooky. So the last three times I tried to watch it, it did not work. And I was like, okay, well, I give everything else half a season. I can give Farscape half a season. 
-hmm. And eventually it does grab you. It is kookier than a lot of things out there, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's really good. It's a, it's, it's up there with, uh, you know, I've, I've lost objectivity with Farscape for a lot of reasons. It's a, it's like you said, um, uh, it wasn't presented to me as an option after having lost a friend. Uh, but I recently, well, in 2019, in fact, lost a friend who was very important, you know, like he and I, like we were the ones who loved Farscape together. Um, and yeah. just by happenstance, I have his box set DVD still. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thankful because like nobody got anything, uh, after he passed, he was 51 and, um, his parents just kind of like came in and excluded all of his friends and, you know, really didn't let us have a chance for closure and such, but I have those DVDs. And so I'm excited about that. You know, it's like, it's like your keepsake. It is. It is. And I've got a couple yeah. of others. Um, that uh, from Kevin, uh, things that you know I was supposed to give back and didn't, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, and he wouldn't mind. <laughs> and yeah. he would be he would be thrilled to uh, have another into the fold uh, when it comes to Farscape. Um, it's a uh, it's one of those things, like you say, you got to give it a little time, but while you wait for it to hook you, just marvel at the at the grandeur of it, like the yeah. just you know p- pay attention to the Jim Henson creature shop stuff until you get hooked by the story. Um, well, know, and, and I mean, comes along. <laughs> like ten minutes in, they put a shot in uh, John's neck, yeah. and suddenly he could understand everything. Yep, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. And uh, yeah. but Moya, um, the ship is a character. The ship is an entity. You know, uh, it's easy to um, it's easy to see from a lot of influence in Moya and the way that ship works uh, from Tin Man. Um, yeah. uh, from, uh, you know, from the next generation, uh, which was always a good episode. Um, and, uh, but yeah, with Farscape, that is one that is hard to get people into, but once they're into it, you've got to try, man. Um, yeah. And then the Farscape fandom is very, uh, diehard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They yeah. are very diehard. Did you, uh, did you get to, uh, watch the Peacekeeper Wars, the follow-up? Yes. Yeah. So when it came out on Prime... That's another thing I lucked out on. Apparently, people waited for years and campaigned to get it. And when it came out on Prime in 2019, it was part of season four. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, because that yeah. is the one, that is the, it's like some of the uh, Battlestar Galactica web shorts are hard to come by for licensing reasons unless you're yeah. sneaky on the internet. And um, and it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, the Peacekeeper Wars were, were produced outside the normal circumstances and... And so it was never really part of the package, uh, but I'm glad yeah. that it is now because, yeah, that's an important part of the story. Yeah. So I've watched a lot. Um, my favorite is 12 Monkeys, which is recent. Oh, yeah. It yeah, was, yeah. yeah, it was 2015 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and Terry Metalis, who was the showrunner, is doing Picard season two. Oh, okay. So I'm excited to see that say, because, yeah. Yeah, because it, it's... I can't even explain how wonderful that show is. You just have to watch. And it's short. It's like 47 episodes. Oh, that's not bad. It was on Sci-Fi, right? Yes, but yeah. now it's on Hulu. Okay, so they, they but it's finished, it's run? Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Uh, I always enjoyed the movie, and I know this goes probably a little more in-depth into uh, everything than the movie does. Um, but yeah, I always thought 12 Monkeys, the film, was pretty, really pretty good. Um, yeah, the first season follows the film a little bit more mm-hmm. and then it kind of develops into its own mythos yeah kind of like how stargate did yeah yeah mm-hmm. got a kickstart from nice. the movie and then turned into something completely else for the better what's your favorite stargate oh gosh oh man um I love Atlantis and I love me too uh I really have a lot of love for universe um, Eli lives. Uh, I have some. Um, I just I was I felt robbed on that one. I did too. Um, I think Universe really suffered from the after effects of that writer's strike. Yep. And I think Atlantis did too, yep. to be honest. But at least Atlantis had a really good ending. It did. It got so. to wrap itself up, and you know, 
the the ending to universe spoiler alert y'all is very poignant and heartbreaking um because yeah yeah just you know eli lives that's all i can say Uh, (laughs) If I were ever given the opportunity to be that kind of hero, I would hope that I had the strength to do it. Um, Right. Yeah. uh, And and every character on that uh, show was great. I thought uh, there were a few who were just like a little too, you know, dragging things on. But overall, um, talking about a show that could benefit from an animated season, that would be cool. Yeah. And all of them. You know, I love Dark Matter too, which is not Stargate, not but is the same as Joe's stuff. Oh yeah, and amazing friend you of know. the show, Joe Malazzi. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's amazing. Yeah, he's good stuff. Love his puppy pictures too. Oh yeah, so uh, Suji is uh, one of my little heroes. She's so adorable. Um, yeah, and uh, I try to always uh, comment or like on those because uh, she's she's such a little treat. And his uh, yeah. yes or no food uh, tweets get me every time. I haven't seen one in a while. Oh, he finds some of the strangest stuff, though. I don't know, like, where he gets it from. But that's a, if you want to get Joe's attention, find some weird stuff and ask him if he'll eat it. That's that's his other game. You know, talk about dark matter. You want to be Joe's best friend, talk about dark matter. He's actually, he's actually great about answering people in general. He really is. He's answered me a couple times. Um, He's really nice. Yeah, no, uh, having him on the show was an unexpected, um, I, I like, you know, I didn't believe it was happening, but yet here it was a treat. Yeah. I mean, the showrunner for one, like, like, it'd be like meeting Gene. Oh, Gene, you want to come <laughs> on the show? Yeah. Let's come on the show, Dan. <laughs> okay. Um, You're like, I've, I have made it now. I have, yeah, exactly. No, it, it was, it was something that, well, you know, uh, all the, all the, everyone who's been on the show has meant something incredible to me just because um, folks willing to spend their time with me. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, uh, I reached out because, you know, the worst they can do is say not interested. So I reached out to Mike Lakuda um, and he was like, oh, I'm just I'm so busy right now. Uh, but uh, uh, maybe sometime later. And I was like, OK, uh, but that's but awesome. They just finished uh, season three of For All Mankind and he's started work on season two of Picard. So I guess they're doing the I need I need to watch For All Mankind. That's on my list. You do. Um, It is, uh, you know the premise, right? Not, I don't remember the premise. Tell me. Okay, so it is, uh, it's all history uh, of the space race wherein Russia beat us to the moon by about two weeks. Oh, wow. The the competition, the Cold War competition of that continued, but pushes uh, development, like we have a fleet of space shuttles. Like twelve. Wow. Yeah. And and stuff like that. So it just it pushes, you know, it's in a direction that, you know, you and I probably thought we were going anyway when we were kids. Like, you know, we were supposed to be you and I were expected to be living on Mars by now, but here we are stuck on this. We thought we were gonna fly cars like the Jetsons. We were gonna fly cars like the Jetsons to Mars. Thanks, Elon Musk. But no, we get, I, you know, I, I think about that sometimes. We got the, um, you know, we wanted the uh, flying car future, but we got the Blade Runner future. Uh, uh-huh. but, but really, we're struggling with folks in two dimensions. We don't need them. We don't need them with access to the third dimension when it comes to, you know, powered vehicles. True. Um, they're, true. They're, they're barely managing forward and backwards. <laughs> oh. You know, add weather in and it's even worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at least in the if you were flying in the snow, it might not be as bad until you had to land. Um, you, you drive in the winter in the south. You know people don't know what it's about. Well, so I don't drive, but I watch people drive. Oh, yeah, no, good for you. Yeah, no, let somebody else take uh, take that chance because you, as a passenger, your chances are greater of surviving. You know, you can curl up in the back seat. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, um, I, you know, that ride to work every morning or five mornings a week um, reminds me that uh, I am the greatest driver in the world. Yes, <laughs> you probably are. At least in my own mind, right? <laughs> so, well, uh, gosh, I don't know if I have any other questions at the moment. Is there anything else you want to get out there and talk about? Got any questions for me? Huh. 
do I have a question? Are you going to do anything for Halloween? Oh, I love Halloween so much. We actually haven't made our plans. We're going to carve our pumpkins, uh, I think, the night before. Um, we have them already on the porch, so we're going to carve our jack o lanterns awesome. It's been, re- it's been uh, near demanded uh, that I make pumpkin seeds this year. I guess I forgot to do that last year. So I'll be <laughs> scavenging all the pumpkin seeds so we can make roasted pumpkin seeds, which I don't know how we're going to do without an oven, so I'll have to get creative. We literally Do you have, have an air fryer? No. We, so oh. we have four burners and an electric kettle right now. Uh, the microwave, which was also an air fryer uh, and also a conventional oven, uh, according to the instruction manual, um, died. And then shortly after it died, the only heating element in our oven died. And so, oh my gosh! And we've lived in this house since 2002, and we've had that oven. That oven was in this house when we moved in. Who the hell knows how old it is? But it, I mean, it lasted like 18 years on one heating element. You had to set it 75 degrees less than the temperature that you wanted it to be because the thermostat wasn't regulated anymore. <laughs> so, you know, if you wanted 200 degrees, you had to put it on 125. Um, and so it took us about three burning pieces to figure that out. I think my oven has the opposite problem. I think you have to turn it up. You have to turn it up. For it to get... And then one day, though, like Trish was like, the food's not cooking. And we had, I don't know, it was something, thankfully, it was something that was, whatever it was that we were cooking, it could have been, it was, could have been cooked on the stove, too. So, or, or maybe that was before the microwave went out. So anyway, we're down to four burners on the top of the stove, one of which you have to know how to talk sexy to it to get it to work. So <laughs> we're treat in the market for a no, yeah, treat it nice, you know, tell it it's pretty. Um, but yeah, we're in the market for a new stove as soon as possible. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, it works well enough. Eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not an That's- emergency till the, till four burners go out. Right. That's how I am. Like, it's just me, so it'll work. And uh, I, uh, the things that I'll, uh, it's interesting what, um, you know, what I'll use the electric kettle for versus Trish never thinks about it unless it's for coffee. Uh, you know, yeah. Want some ramen noodles? Heck yeah, let's boil some water. <laughs> you know, uh, it's right there. It's faster. You don't have to dirty up a pan. You just pour what you need and make some oatmeal, you know. It's right there. Thanks, yeah. Penny. Thanks, Penny. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dandelions on Twitter, she uh she encouraged me into getting an electric kettle like last year. Uh, I don't wow. know if you were. I don't know if you were there for the for the for the drama, but uh, I don't the, think so. In yeah. the in the vein of things dying in this house, things going out, the coffee maker died. Um, no. You, yeah, it was just a you know it was just a drip little you know little drip over whatever, and so <clears throat> I was uh, you know I had a French press. And or no, the coffee maker died, and Trish got me a French press because I was like using a, a like bad coffee or something. And so, got the French press, but you need the hot water. So, I started using the pan, you know, pan to boil the water, and I just do it that way. Well, I, I took a picture of this and I put it on Twitter. Um, and the pan was a little, you know, used, it's a Teflon pan with stuff scraped off. And, and so, everybody was like, Oh, you're gonna die from Teflon. I'm like, if it hasn't killed me, listen, you don't know what I've done to myself on purpose, let alone what might happen by accident. If it ain't killed me yet, there's a lot, there's a good chance that it's not going to hurt me. But so after having been shamed for a bad pan on Twitter, I, 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 Penny was like, you should just get an electric kettle. It's like, sweet. Well, of course, in the UK, they have 240 volt power. And so, yeah, an electric kettle there is like, bam, and you've got boiling water here yeah it's like bam <laughs> but it's faster than the stove <laughs> it is faster than the stove but it it's not two and a half minutes like the uk get but uh, yeah and so uh turns out though mine is way cooler than the ones they have there because it has led status lights so wow. you turn it on and it's blue and then when you're running the water, it's red. And then when it's done, it's green while it's staying warm. And I'm like, and I showed Penny all this. And she's like, I can't believe it has lights. <laughs> so you have you the go. fancy electric kettle that's slower. Yep, yep, yep. But hey, it's faster than the, faster than those waiting on their brew coffee. I think the only thing faster might be a Keurig. 
So yeah. <laughs> well, fantastic, Runa. I thank you for making the time to come and chat with us today, and this won't be the last time. Yeah, and I thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely, it's been too long getting you here, and um, yeah. sooner or later, either by you know conference or uh, cookout, we are going to share space together at some point and hugs all around and all that good stuff. Are you going to be in Chicago in April? Uh, is that when they? Uh, is that the? Is that start in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be in Chicago in April because uh, my brother-in-law lives there and I don't have to pay for a hotel. Yay, so I'll see you then. Yeah, all right. Well, I need to get on the uh, hook for uh, making sure I have the stuff to actually be able to get in the door there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, oh, I actually I get to go to Chicago sooner than that. I'm going uh, the week of Thanksgiving because said brother-in-law is getting married. Him and his partner oh, nice. finally putting things together. And so we're super excited gonna go to the uh the chicago thanksgiving day parade which is slightly smaller than the macy's thanksgiving day parade but still yeah. pretty spectacular for a parade um especially in chicago's a great town i love it you ever been uh yes so i went in 2009 for a conference yeah. for a work thing and how about i fell down an escalator oh no oh man <laughs> yes that, and then uh, i didn't get up I didn't get on another one for like a year, and yeah, I still kind of sweat. will eat you. Yeah. Yes, because no, it did. I do not like them. I do not like getting on escalators. Every I have an it's 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 an intense anxiety. Like well, and the ones down here are slower. Yeah. Oh right. But the ones in <laughs> Chicago in the south, are like you know. speedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's moving in Chicago. Well, so that's the only time you've only been once. Yeah. Oh wow. Well. Um, Way to way to make up for it by going uh, for a Trek convention the second time around. Um, with like all of my friends with I me. know. All so, of us are going to be I mean, there. hopefully I won't fall down an escalator this time. <laughs> but when you, if, if you do, you'll be around people who won't, won't make fun of you for having done so, right? We'll lift yes. you up and, well, and we'll last all fall time down the escalator make... with you. <laughs> well, don't do that. Last time they didn't make fun of me. They just stopped it and everybody was panicked oh, but good. it was fine <laughs> well fantastic yes so chicago in april if not sooner uh by yes. some miracle uh but yes again thank you so much for taking the time to digress today and uh thank you dear listeners for taking the time to listen and uh, check the show notes for all the great info and where you can find runa on twitter and anything else that she might be up to and uh, for where you can catch up with me and uh, with that though we'll talk to you again next week Goodbye. Bye. Oh, come here, buddy. <laughs>